0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app, and when I go live, you can talk to me, and I'll answer some questions, and you may, be, may even be featured on a Locked on Tigers podcast. up, everybody? Welcome into to Lockdown Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Thursday, April 15th, 2021. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I got my first dose of the vaccine yesterday, and my arm is killing me. Uh, I'm tired. I've got a little bit of fever-ish. I I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's a a lot of that psychological. But uh, not feeling great, but we power through. We do that. For the, for the sake of the industry, my friends, and for the sake of you, the fans, and our loyal listeners here. My loyal listeners. I'm the only person who does this show. Tigers won last night a long game last night. You could thank Lance McCullers for that. I'm going to be talking about him in just a second. They ended up winning 6-4, got off to a huge lead, got off to a 6-0 lead, and uh, let's jump right in and talk about it. I, I talked about Lance McCullers in my post-game video, and I'm going to talk about him again here because the Astros— Oh, well, had a bit of a voice crack there. The Astros have a pretty remarkable track record in regards to who they sign and trade for and when they sign and trade for them. Uh, I, I talked about this with the Locked Astros guys. I think that the Granky deal, I still make that 10 times out of 10. You're going for a world championship, you Now spare no expense. But uh, I was surprised by the McCullers extension, and I think it was more of a thank you contract than an actual smart deal now last night is not a reflection of the pitcher that he is but for one okay and again this is not a reason why you do or do not sign a player guy takes an hour and a half between pitches I've seen him pitch before I did not remember that he was working slow and the Tigers just got to him the fact is with him what the difference between him as a good pitcher versus the great ones is that a great pitcher, we'll use Verlander as prime example, if one of their main pitches is off, they can still perform. If Verlander had a night where he wasn't getting a slider over, big deal. He Curveball, fastball were dominant. He'd bring out the changeup every so often. Lance McCullers' success hinges completely on his breaking ball. And last night, I felt like that was the one pitch that he was able to get a few swings and misses out of, but couldn't locate his fastball, couldn't locate his changeup, and eventually he became a very predictable pitcher. He was getting behind in a lot of counts, a lot of predictable fastball counts. The at-bats were really good. And the word I use is, is patience, because I feel like when you're facing a pitcher who doesn't have his best stuff and doesn't have his best command, the first time you see a pitch in the zone you may be inclined just to hack at it. But I think they were remarkably smart last night, basically top to bottom. I don't recall an at-bat where I said, Oh my God, why are you swinging at that? That's garbage. McCullers is a good pitcher, but last night was an absolute dud of a performance, and the Tigers took advantage of it. That is one thing that they did in this series three different times that I give them a ton of credit for because it's something that, really even going back to the Leland era, This team has had trouble with which is facing a starter who doesn't have his best stuff a good pitcher who doesn't have his best stuff and yet letting him off the hook. I remember that one of my first rants was four years ago in 2017. They were going up against you Darvish who could not throw strikes all night. I think he only had his cutter and nothing else was was locating. And he still ended up going five innings, giving up two runs, and the Tigers left a ton of guys on base. That was not the case last night against McCullers. It was not the case the night before against Odorizzi. And it was not the case the previous night against Zach Greinke. They did not let good pitchers off the hook on nights in which they didn't have their best stuff. A tremendous offensive performance. One guy I got to talk about, and I think... uh, Maybe I'll come to regret this too, because I've been wrong about this guy so many times. Jamer Candelario is officially a rock-solid Major League hitter. And that is probably meaningless coming from me, because I buried him. I was done with Jamer Candelario when he got off to that awful start a season ago. I I knew he still had a lot of upside, but he was not performing at all uh, at the dish and he wasn't good hitting in 2019 either either and in the second half of 2018 he wasn't very great either I'm kind of willing to forgive that it was his rookie season he has found something and he is just a pro his at-bats this is going to be high praise and I am not saying that he is up to par with in terms of this guy as a hitter but his at-bats remind me slightly of the kind of at-bats that we would see out of Victor Martinez in his prime. Now, not as good, not as patient, not as incapable of striking out as Victor was when he was at his best, but Victor's at-bats were works of art when he was at his best. That 2014 season where he finished runner-up for the MVP, it seemed like every pitch he took had a purpose. Every pitch he swung at made sense. I feel like I see that from Jamer Candelario, even when he swings and misses, it's on really good pitches, he's taken borderline pitches, that to me is one of the number one signs that that a hitter is really feeling himself, when he's taking pitches that are just outside the zone for balls, you know he's dialed in, he looks really, really good at the plate right now, had three hits last night, was last night's player of the game, Uh, I thought it was an excellent performance uh, by him last night, and he is I would say this team's best hitter. I know it's it's that trendy topic to get, say, oh, what about Akil Badu? But he hasn't done it long enough. Jamer looks really darn good now. Unfortunately, there was some sad news here. Nomar Mazzara left this game. I believe they said it was an abdominal strain. Uh, a bit concerning because Hinch noticed it right away. I believe felt it felt something uh, go wrong on one of his swings. Hinch came out. They addressed it and decided to uh, take Mazzara out of the game hopefully he's well this team's already been bitten by the injury bug very often uh, already this season you don't want to see it happen again now it's a, it's a three-game series it's a small sample size but it is weird to me how prolific this offense was without Miguel Cabrera and I think we're getting to a point with Jamer hitting the way he's hitting and with Renato Nunez swinging the bat really well, and some of the solid A-Bs we've seen over the last several nights, I wonder if when Miggy comes back, they think about moving him out of the 3-4 spot in the lineup. I know he's got really good career numbers against a lot of these pitchers, but basically with Miguel Cabrera, you got to look at his numbers against these guys prior to 2016 and his numbers after 2016, because what he's been over the last several years is a reflection of the player that he is now, not the player that he once was. And it seems like they're just a little bit more efficient with him not in the lineup. And that's going to make a lot of people really mad. I get it. I still love Miggy. I'm just saying this has not been the only time over the last several years that I've felt this way. I remember there was a stretch in 2019, obviously like the worst season ever, but where they went like a 16-game stretch where they were 2-14. and 14. And the only two games they won were games in which Miguel Cabrera was not in the lineup. I'm not saying that Miggy, by any means, is to blame for this team's lack of success over the last several years. I still believe Miguel Cabrera is a solid hitter. I don't think it's his fault, but I do think that continually putting him in that 3-4 spot may be doing more harm than good. That will do it for segment number one. When I come back in segment number two, I'm going to talk about who started this game. Michael Falmer got the win as a starter some really impressive pitching performances last night we're going to talk about that when we return locker room is a live audio only sports talk platform it's free to download and use you can talk to me other fans athletes and insiders in real time join join in on the conversation with me and have a chance to be featured on the locked on tigers podcast i'll be hosting rooms Every week on Wednesday, probably around 7, though subject to change right now, come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Castellani2014 to be notified when my room goes live. We'll be going live on Locker Room every Wednesday. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back for segment number two. I didn't talk about Michael Fulmer in my post-game video. I I just didn't really have time for it. Let's talk about it here. Now, it is worth noting, and this is important, the Astros had a ton of COVID problems. They had five players go on the COVID-related IL, including Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, and Jordan Alvarez, arguably their three best hitters. So his performance is, it's a little bit skewed. You do have to take it with a grain of salt. But in terms of pure stuff... It's the best Michael Fulmer's looked in three, four years. He was out there absolutely filthy. The, the fastball in the first inning was hitting 97 miles per hour. I'm sure he was a little bit charged up. First start in a long time, really trying to prove something. First time he's gone more than three, four innings in three years. So you know he was a bit amped up. The, the slider had a nice sharp bite to it. I liked the way he was mixing in the curveball. I still have serious questions about his durability. You saw him fall apart a little bit there in the fifth inning, and I do wonder if he was playing against a a fully operational Astros lineup how he would have fared, but we can't worry about that. That is a very positive sign for Michael Fulmer. I don't think there's a person alive who isn't happy for that guy today. There's been a a lot of fail in the Avila Illich era. In fact, there's been a whole lot of epic fail, but to me, one of the great tragedies was the way this organization, both Illich, Avila, and Brad Ausmus handled Michael Fulmer in the latter part of the 2017 season, I believe derailed his career. He was never the same after that. He wasn't good in 2018. He obviously had had Tommy John in 19 and, and was pitiful last year returning from that Tommy John. The fact that Michael Fulmer has continued to just keep his head down, and has shown zero ill will or frustration towards the the organization, an organization that has been in the pits over the last several years. It shows this guy's character and the kind of human being that he is. And I know I talk sometimes about how like Matt Boyd's a great guy or so and so is a great guy. That stuff to me does matter because Michael Falmer. I think we will remember him as a guy as a wasted opportunity for this organization. No fault of his own, injuries got in the way. But I think he should be very proud of how he's handled his own situation over the last several years. They put him in the bullpen to start this season, didn't pout, didn't complain, understood where the organization is at, understood the fact that they found Mize and Scooball a bit more appealing at this time. He has stayed quiet, and I'm very happy to see him picking up a win last night. I thought he looked sharp. Do I think that he still has the abilities to sustain that and can go six, seven innings a start? I still have serious doubts. I need a bigger sample size. If he does, let's let's run with this hypothetical, though. If Michael Fulmer bounces back and returns to being a sub-4 ERA starting pitcher who's going 150 to 180 innings a year, it would be one of the best comeback stories that we've seen in baseball in quite a while. Because if you watched this dude a year ago, you can't tell me, even with the low expectations coming back from Tommy John surgery, you can't tell me he didn't look done. He looked finished, and and even in spring, he looked finished, and it seems like he's found something, maybe the addition of Federer has helped him, maybe just, maybe coming out of the pen has has helped him a a fair amount, helped him get that confidence back, I think that was a smart decision by Hinch, to start him off as a long relief guy in the pen, or really just a relief guy in general, because he did pitch one inning a few times, Uh, excellent, excellent, very happy for him. Now, the bullpen was uh, pretty darn bad. The bullpen was bad last night. Nobody was throwing strikes. Daniel Norris was awful. Jose Cisnero was awful. Buck Farmer was fine. But, yes, Cisnero came in in a three-run game, left the bases loaded. Then they brought in baseball's best escape artist, Brian Garcia, came into the game, got two quick outs, ended up walking a batter, and then had what might end up being my favorite pitch sequence of the entire season last night against Kyle Tucker who had no interest in hitting a single it was a 6-4 game Kyle Tucker was looking for an extra base hit he was looking to win the game with a double or a home run I don't believe that Garcia up until that point had thrown a single changeup. I believe that he threw Gurriel only fastballs and sliders he starts Kyle Tucker with three straight changeups, two strikes, and then the 0-2 pitch missed outside, so he's got Kyle Tucker thinking probably another off-speed pitch, probably another pitch on the outer part of the plate. I'd have to look at Kyle Tucker's hot zones, but my guess is that the scouting report says pitch him away, which makes sense. But here's the thing. Those things kind of go out the window when you change eye level, like several times. You saw three straight changeups away from a left-handed batter. He's sitting off speed. Even if he's not sitting off speed, he's sitting on something on the outer edge of the plate. Garcia missed his spot by a fair amount. He did, but goes with the fastball busts him inside with a perfectly located heater for strike three that ended the ballgame. That right there, if anybody is wondering... What, tell me what the influence that, what influence Chris Federer is going to have on this baseball team this year. That's it right there. First of all, working backwards, Tucker was going to be up there. He was going to be aggressive. He always is. You're in a situation where you're you're trying to feed off of that aggression. So what do you do? Well, the first thing you don't do is you don't throw him in a fastball. And what is a pretty obvious fastball count? He starts him off with three straight off speed pitches, working backwards, ending with a fastball. That is something. That is just, that is pristine to me. As Jim Price always says, that's the art of pitching, my friends. I thought that was an amazing, amazing sequence. And last night, look, as bad as the command was by a lot of these guys, you had two studs in your bullpen, Gregory Soto and Brian Garcia, who came in to pitch out of some serious jams. And look, I have, I still have some issues with Brian Garcia's K rate. I, I still worry about the strikeout rate. Early on this season, he had not been very good, had been given up a, a fair amount of hard contact. I think there's been more film on him, more hitters have started to figure him out. He's going to have to find a way to miss bats, but he's a smart pitcher. He's a very smart pitcher, and look, a- as much as I worry about the strikeout rate, if you're locating, good things will happen. And he located phenomenally last night, especially in that final at-bat to Kyle Tucker so Tigers sweep the Astros and I mentioned this in my post game video but yeah these wins they just feel a little bit different I don't know what it is I I think there is a bit of moxie on this team and I think you look up and down this roster it's made up of a whole lot of guys who at the major league level haven't won diddly poo throughout their careers they've they've been and I'm not saying they're losers but they've been on a lot of losing teams it's where the influence of age the influence, I'm sorry, of A.J. Hinch comes in. And it's the philosophy I've been talking about from the beginning. We can win tomorrow. I know we can win tomorrow. The power of belief is an amazing thing. And I am still fully under the belief. I believe, this; these are my beliefs, that this team will lose 90 games. But I don't foresee many 7-8 game losing streaks by this team. I think they'll lose a lot of series. I think they'll lose to better teams. I think they'll lose to good teams. But unlike previous years... I don't see them getting into the kind of, are we ever going to get out of this slumps that they got into when Gardy was here. I think the culture has begun to change, and that's step number one. Now, it's it's taken a while for them to take step number one, but it's a good start. This was an excellent series. This was the best Tigers series Maybe in five years, to be completely honest with you. Maybe going back to 2016. I I don't recall one in which they played that well for three straight games. So, really excellent stuff. I will be right back here in segment number three to preview the first uh, game of tonight's series against the Oakland A's. And I want to talk about a little history that happened last night in baseball on the south side of Chicago. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit your online sportsbook experts. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked On Fantasy Baseball, it's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back for the final segment today, everybody. Carlos Rodon, left-handed pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, threw a no-hitter last night, hit Roberto Perez on the pinky toe, or on the big toe, basically, with one out in the ninth. Would have been a perfect game besides that. This is really a tremendous story. Carlos Rodon was a highly touted prospect who always had great stuff, and yet injuries just derailed his career. This was a guy who made seven starts in 2019, Appeared in four games last year, and before that has never really had a full season. 2016 was his only full season, really, at the Major League level. Last night, coming back from just a plethora of injuries, his 110th pitch last night was 99 miles per hour. He ends up no-hitting the Cleveland Indians. What a remarkable moment and something that could only happen in baseball. A A guy that was an afterthought, who has come alive back with his his old team uh really a great story very happy for for Carlos Rodon and very happy for uh Herb and Chris the, the locked on White Sox guys they're gonna have a lot of fun stuff to celebrate on the south side of Chicago in 2021 but moving right along this is a Tigers podcast the Tigers go to the Coliseum to face the Oakland A's and the pitching matchup is Tarek Skubal he comes in with an 0-1 record and a 7-7-1 ERA this of course Coming from MLB.com, Scooball allowed three home runs over four innings on Saturday in Cleveland and looked relatively flat with his pitches. That's true. Spin rate was a problem. Scooball says he's addressed it through two starts. His fastball velocity. Oh, wow. I didn't even read ahead. His fastball velocity. (laughs) Do your research, Chris. His fastball velocity and spin rate are down a tick from last year, but his secondary pitches are Better. Yeah, you gotta take his last start and just throw it in the trash. I don't believe that's a, a reflection of the pitcher he is. Now the look, the spin rate and velocity is it is an issue and it's something to look at. But his biggest problem, his last start, was he wasn't locating. He was bouncing too many pitches, he was getting behind in too many counts, even with the the spin rate being you know what it is, even if he re- repeats what we've seen through his first two starts this year, he can still get guys out with the stuff that he has. His issue will be command, and he's going up against Sean Manaya who's 0-1 with a 5-0-6 ERA. Through two starts, Manaya has had a taste of the good and the bad, fortunately for him, His most recent outing was the better one, as he worked six innings of one-run ball in a no-decision against the Astros. This is another guy who I felt like, in in another universe, would have gone on to become an excellent ace-type pitcher. And really showed a lot of promise in 2018. No-hit the Red Sox. One of the more impressive no-hitters of recent memory, because the 2018 Red Sox were probably the best team of the last 20 years and one of the best offenses and he he no hit them in 2018 and it was like man I think this guy's about to emerge I think he's about to be a star was a huge prospect in Oakland for a long time and injuries have gotten in the way still has relatively good stuff he's, he's one of those guys I've always liked but I feel like his ceiling has dipped lower and lower over the last several years one thing about Oakland is that as good as they are you know we know about Moneyball we know about how good how scrappy they always are they're not very good at developing starting pitching and maybe i'm wrong and yes we could go back to the zito and molder eras right but then that was that was a long time ago i'm talking in the last 15 years the biggest reason i feel like that they haven't had like an overwhelming team or a team that's won a world series and the the two series against detroit in 12 and 13 proved my point they would get to game 5 and they never had a guy who could you know match justin verlander now Ninety-nine percent of pitchers ever couldn't match Justin Verlander, but you know, Sonny Gray was their guy. He was very good, but besides that, I mean, Mania struggled. Lizardo, the 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 jury is still out on him. Frankie Montas, same way. Uh, Mania's still got a lot to prove. Hopefully, the Tigers can get to him. I know they're hot. I uh, I've never liked West Coast trips. I'm gonna have to stay up late tomorrow, and I will be yawning at work probably on Friday. These are the sacrifices I make. But these are the ins- these sacrifices that I enjoy making. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I have enjoyed doing these this week. It is a whole lot better when the Tigers win. So thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. I'll be right back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. And go Tigers.